Hey guys, Joe here. As you can tell by the title of the episode, we are talking about suicide and and its correlation with the holiday season. While we are definitely a family-friendly show, this might be something to take into consideration if there are any young and sensitive ears around. Most importantly, if you found this episode and you're hurting this Christmas season. We implore you to reach out to a friend, to family, to your church community. If you don't have that around, 1-800-273-8255 is the phone number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Like we talk about in the episode, your life has value and you have value in the eyes of the Father. Your only job this Christmas season is to keep that mustard seed of faith alive. Protect it. And if you aren't struggling this season, statistics say there's likely somebody around you that does. So keep that in mind. Also, we do know that there were technical difficulties during this episode. I ask that you bear with us. They do clear up eventually, and we do and we do acknowledge it in the episode. Lastly, I want to say... Merry Christmas. If you hear my voice now, you are prayed for. You are loved. So I wish all of you a safe and happy Christmas and a wonderful New Year. So with that, let's get on with the show. Holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night. Of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world In sin and error pining Till He appeared And the soul felt its worth Oh,
Father God, I thank you right now for each and every listener and the value that they bring to you, Father. You adore them so much. I just pray right now that they would feel your presence, your manifestation, that they would feel loved by you. Father, that Joe and I would bring words that build up and edify and that you would strike and remove any words that would tear down a person. Father, a bruised reed you do not crush, Father, and a smoldering wick you do not snuff out. Father, you value these lives, these important lives. I pray you'd bless them with your presence in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. But wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. They will be thrown out into the darkness. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when, Gal- when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice because you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David, for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Some of the things that that is often overlooked, and this is an often quoted passage, not just at Christmas time, but he's called Wonderful Counselor. And how often do we really stop and think about what that means? Mighty God, you know, Everlasting Father. So we're talking about Jesus here. He's getting the name Everlasting Father. Mighty God, wonderful counselor. We all know that the Holy Spirit is a comforter, a counselor. So we see direct correlation to the Trinity. And if you study the Trinity uh, the idea uh, of the Trinity, it is the entirety of God in, in and uh, human words cannot describe it very well, but the entirety of God in three distinct persons that is really one being. Uh, and there is a love relationship between those three identities. I, I, I'm trying to avoid saying that I don't want to create a, a modular person by 
distinguishing them out. But there's a love that flows there that is unique. And this is what happens when you have an uncaused being uh, without beginning, without end. Uh, we try to wrap our heads around it. Uh, we're three-dimensional beings. We, we, uh, we can fathom things that are beyond our three dimensions by doing some calculations, but we can't really know it. So this God created people. And we people have daily lives that sometimes become very difficult. And they can be quite burdensome for people, especially for, for people who are in tough situations. Um, during the holidays, we find out that a lot of people we think are doing well are really not doing well. Well, we may find out. They may be a person right next to us or at work, and we don't have a clue how difficult the holiday is for them. Uh, everyone has heard about how Christmas can be the loneliest time for individuals. And probably one of the key things that you and I talked about is how suicide actually becomes an event during the holidays for some people because they just cannot bear it. Uh, the season of hope holds no hope for them. And that's due to mostly, our, I would say, the message not being given out in a clear and distinct way. If Jesus is the reason for the season, and we leave it at that, what's the reason for the season? Uh, there has to be an explanation of what what that means. And the best way to do that is through community with a person. Uh, suicide, in my reflection on, on speaking about the suicide, comes through fear. Uh, fear and depression. And a lot of times what we find is that the Bible, people perceive the Bible doesn't talk about these things, and it does, uh, sometimes in a way that we're not catching it. So there's actually quite a few verses I would like to go over, but for the sake of time, I may only be able to give a scripture reference. Um, fear, a person looking at what their life has done, lacking meaning, being depressed, not achieving things that they've wanted. These all can tend to fill a person who doesn't have the hope. And I'm going to say this. Some people who don't have this hope are Christians. For some reason, they've lost their way. They've lost the intimacy with Jesus. And there are many things we can attribute that to. But it comes down to intimacy with God and being taught how to be intimate with God. And we don't get that from the pulpit. Right. You just hit that is a huge thing that I'm glad that you mentioned is um, sometimes it's as simple as there's there's people that don't know that there is an achievable level of intimacy. It's not so much about losing your way as it is not having the full breadth of information that there is this achievable level of one-on-one-ship between creator and created. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If you are a Christian who's in that 
my suggestion would be, you know, to get a different translation of a Bible as a way to hear what has already been said in a new way. And to get around a church that understands community, and by that I mean invested in your life as as you as a value you have. And that's hard to find, especially in big churches, because a lot of things become programs. And I'm not and I, for me, in my opinion, and my, my family's opinion, we're not a big fan of programs or large churches because they can lack intimacy. There may be some that do it well. I'm not familiar with any of them. Um, but I do want to go on with the fear aspect. And this is for the listener who is frightened right now. God speaks to you through Isaiah 41.10. And I'm going to take from the easy-to-read version because it's so clear cut. God says to you, don't worry. I am with you. Don't be afraid. I am your God. I will make you strong and help you. I will support you with my right hand that brings victory. So please hold on. God is with you. There are things that might be depressing you. Now, when when we talk about depression, I don't really ever hear pastors say, okay, let's talk about depression from the Bible. Uh, If I want to go to probably one of the most pinnacle people of of depression, I'd have to go with Judas. This guy is at the top of depression. He has betrayed Jesus, the Son of God. And he, I'm just going to read from the same same version what, what his account is. Judas saw that they had decided to kill Jesus. He was the one who handed him over. And when he saw what happened, he was very sorry for what he had done. So he took the 30 silver coins back to the priests and the older leaders. And Judas said, I sinned. I handed over an innocent man to you to be killed. The Jewish leaders answered, we don't care. That's the problem for you, not us. So we know what happens with Judas. Judas commits suicide. Uh, And we know scripturally Jesus said that something like that had to happen. And so Judas is set apart from all humanity in being the one that does a sin and that is like no other sin around. He betrayed God to death. Um, no one else, no matter how bad or rotten, has committed that particular sin. Uh, and I, I would challenge everyone who's feeling like their life is terrible, either they've done something wrong, and I'm talking about really bad, they've killed someone, uh, they've been a pedophile, uh, adultery, fornication, stealing, beating up your wife or your husband, uh, you know, abusing children. These things, the God of the universe is reaching out to you right now. If you are remorseful and you've been doing this for some corrupt fallen reason, maybe you were battered or you're an alcoholic or something and you cannot control yourself. 
You may not be suicidal, or you may be, but God is calling to you, and he's asking you to change your ways. Judas knew he betrayed God, an innocent man, and he could not deal with it. Uh, and I, that's a really big topic, and I will not do it justice to try to talk about it. I will, it will be bigger than what I can uh, explain on it, but that was a big thing. And if you're in a position where you feel like your life has no worth, you do have worth. You do have value. And this is the reason I say it. The value is not on you. It's on God. Jesus gave his life for sinners. And that's everyone who has ever breathed life, everyone who's ever had a parent, everyone who's been conceived. You have value. In, if you're at that point, then take a, take a step back and, and take a look and see what the Bible has to say about identity. What is your identity? Mm-hmm. You mentioned, you know, maybe you're acting out of a place of mimicking what you've experienced or what you've been taught. Maybe you're a product of a certain environment that has you, you've, you've come to find be perpetuated in, in your own actions. Um, I want you to hear me, friends, that take it from somebody who, who has gone from point A to point B of, of sharing the gospel. Your identity is something way different than the mistakes that you've made. Take it from a guy who got divorced and tried to kill himself. That the father of the universe, the creator of everything, is calling out to you to know, for you to know that he has something so much more than the sum of your mistakes. And, and that is very easy to say on a recording, but the Bible is also very specific that he, he's strong enough for for both of us for all of us he's he's strong enough for all of us and we when we accept the gift of salvation when we take up the mantle of being a christian we step into something not just not just a new identity but a new creation we are a new creation in the indwelling of Holy Spirit. And so if you have or if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior and you're listening to this, either way, understand that the Bible has very specific things to say about what makes up your identity and the victory in Christ, in the one who came beat death, the only one that's ever cheated the reaper, has victory over all of it. All of the sins, all of the hardship, all of the darkness. And there's victory to be found. And, and we are called to live out of that place, out of there. And and like you like we had said about it not being talk from the pulpit part of what i want to get across in this 
is that, yes, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. If you couldn't hear my air quotes, they were there. But these concepts that are the reason for the season are year-long, 365, 24-7. Not, right. just, not just from November to January. It's not just a Christmas thing. It's not just a winter thing. And I started off this we started off this episode with Oh Holy Night because it speaks to the fact that I think as a as a group we're we're weary. We're we're you know the fact that we are not taking up that mantle in its fullest and living out of that place is only exacerbated during this time because of how much focus is put on togetherness and put on community and put on the fact of like, you know, being in community and being in like what everybody has that it's easy to fall into the trap of looking at it from the point of view of, of what, of what I, I don't have. Mm-hmm. So I just I want to I want to put it out there and this is probably not going to be the last time that you hear something like this during this episode that these these this is coming out of a place of 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 two men that come from very different points of view but very much have a heart for the hearts of men that don't have that hope that are hopeless in this time and so understand that there is – first off, you're not alone feeling that way. You're not the only one that feels that way. And, and there, are, there are, are very immediate actions to be taken if you are feeling, feeling that way. But aside from that, um, lean, lean in and hear what the one above all – has to say about you because something tells me that it's something way different than what mm-hmm. you're thinking about yourself. Okay, good. I'm going to turn it a little because mm-hmm. we've already spoken about tragedies, the corruption of the human nature and how we can act upon it that can lead us to suicide. There's an aspect I want to bring up that is probably not really thought of on a major level and that is the supernatural realm the spiritual realm there are demonic influences that want people dead they do and i know that hollywood glorifies their these demonic influences in a way that is larger than life i hate to use that term but Uh, sensational might be a better way to put it but there are people taking their lives because they hear voices they think are their own saying you know you're worthless you're a loser you know or their parents voice saying that and it's not really the parents that have ever said that Uh, demonic influences are real and they will ask I hate to use the word ask they will uh, engage someone to take their life 
because the circumstances are in there. Now, the reason they do this is because each human being bears the image of God, regardless of their life's journey. And you have the breath of God in you because he breathed it into Adam. So all humanity is blessed by being originated from God himself. I don't know if angels can say that same thing, but we know the fallen angels are very prideful and envious. And they're a threat. And there are plenty of people who have succumbed to the voices and a lot of times we have psychiatric problems where people hear voices that tell them to do certain things. One of the things would be suicide. There are other things, but not that's not going to be covered in this episode. So for those who hear the voices, especially at night, when you're alone in bed, it tells you, you know, you really should just go kill yourself. You'd be better off. No one really likes you. You're too ugly to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You know, you're not successful. Your parents didn't want you. And it's constantly, and it's to a point where we think it's our own voice. The one remedy I believe is very important to that is an understanding, and Joe mentioned it, of your identity in Christ. And for the person who doesn't believe in God, to understand that you have an eternal purpose and an eternal destination, regardless of what you choose, an eternal destination. So how do you come into alignment with that? Hope is very important. The Bible says, his mercies are new every morning. So the dark night is very hard to get through sometimes. And Satan knows that it is probably his best time to do his most vilest work. And what's that? That's to distract humans from pursuing God. So I know in my years of experience, and I'm a lot older than Joe, <laughs> But at 21, I heard voices. 